This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, hooligans and whovians. And welcome to the Who A Podcast here on Post Show Recaps. I'm your host. Kevin Mahadeo, and oh my god, here comes my co-host, both of them, marching toward me, stopping their feet, slamming their fists into their palms, it's Adam and Melissa, how's it going, you Santarin bastards? Oh, oh my gosh. We can face each other face to face, Kevin, for a warrior likes to die in glorious battle. Oh my gosh. Uh, what a what an amazing uh, amazing group of people at Santar and so much fun. I just never cease to make me smile whenever I'm on the screen. Agree wholeheartedly. Uh, they are they're just so well done as just the most ridiculous version of like this type of alien that I feel is like a trope or a cliche, you know. And like some of them are really cool. Like essentially, the Klingons are this. But, like, there's cool Klingons. The Klingons are cool. But, like, the Suntarans are so unique <laughs> in their absurdity and the way they speak and obviously looking like baked potatoes. Uh, it's really, really fun. And I want to get Melissa's take, obviously, on the Suntarans, uh, especially when they said one specific line in this episode that I assume made her very mad. Um, but to recap for anyone what the heck's happening, always important, just in case someone stumbled into this podcast, this is Huey, where we're talking Doctor Who, every week here on Post Show Recaps, except for the weeks that were not for various timey-wimey shenanigans. Uh, and we are covering Season 4, Episode 4, The Suntaran Stratagem this week. Uh, we've been going week by week, or rather episode by episode each week, because this season's just so good. And I tell you what, this hasn't changed my mind! <laughs> Melissa, what are your thoughts on this episode and The Suntaran? It's good. I'm trying to remember. I I know I've seen them before. Um, oh, I know you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it is. It it has certainly been a while, so I forgot. They give me. I will say, you talk about how unique they are, and yet they give me big 
Jadoon platoon on the moon vibes. <laughs> so they they weren't that unique. But I also like this is the thing I was talking about with the Ood last week that I absolutely love when we get these kinds of explanations of this culture around like face to face with your enemy comes from this like biological mm -hmm. basis of where they are like that sort of alignment of cultural and biological evolution in an alien species is just so very cool to me so yeah I, I was a big fan and getting Martha back getting Martha getting to do some cool stuff and and seeing her kind of thriving in her own life without the doctor it was all very fun I liked it she's engaged yeah to a, a traveling doctor who disappears on her all the time yeah I wonder what that's about <laughs> Listen, it's fine. Sometimes we have a type. If you've seen all the girls I've dated, you would just be like, so just copy paste? Is that what happened here? Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, I. this episode is very fun. It's the first part of a two-parter. This is something we're doing a little bit different as we move forward now because we went through a regeneration of this podcast. And it seems like it'll be a good way to talk about this, especially... When we last did, I feel like the big two-parter was like the grand finale of season three. And there was just so much that we did in one episode. It just feels to make sense, like maybe split these conversations up. There's only going to be one rating at the end of the day for this, which we'll do next week. We'll give our overall rating for the full two parts. But uh, this week, it was good to kind of stop down here and talk about the Centauran stratagem, which introduces these aliens I think, to the Doctor Who universe. Maybe they were around before. We'll have to fact check that. Um, and as Melissa pointed out, brings back Martha, uh, has some fun interactions, some honestly just, I think, great David Tennant moments. Um, an all-around enjoyable episode for me. Um, but we're going to get into the nitty-gritty real soon. But before we do that, question. Martha marrying the other you know traveling doctor aside what are especially melissa what are what like we didn't have a lot of the martha doting on the doctor this episode it really felt separate do you think is there an argument like this is probably one of the best martha episodes because of that <laughs> no. like is, it's that's a weird because take she's not pining after him oh kind of yeah it's fair um I, you know, I, she's got this whole like funky, like I can try to help them from the inside vibe that I feel very mixed about. I mean, it's but, very 2007 or whatever year this was. Yeah. Those yeah. sentiments have changed. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there was that. And obviously, um, she sort of gets duped in this episode so not great for her i'm trying to i'm trying to like go through our catalog of past martha episodes <laughs> i feel like there has to have been better ones but none are particularly coming to mind right now adam what about you <laughs> yeah i mean i th to be honest with you i do think this is a highlight for martha <laughs> though i refuse to say it is because of the lack of romantic entanglements <laughs> that is has nothing to do with the quality of martha in this episode whatsoever um, but no, I mean, this was a, I think this was a good Martha episode, despite obviously the fact that, you know, she maybe doesn't end up in the greatest of situations or places. And so we'll see kind of how she gets out of that, but she's had her moments, right. Of like being able to mm -hmm. save the world. Like she's gotten those opportunities. She's had that before we, you know, famously for all, almost all the two parters in Dr. Who the end of the first part is going to end horrifically bad. And we are going to be in a terrible situation and it has to involve somebody. And, 
you know, Donna gets something bad as well. We'll talk about that. But I, you know, I like the idea that there are multiple people, multiple companions, really in some deep trouble. Um, and the deep trouble is not the same for both of them. And so I, I, I do kind of enjoy the, I'll call it complexity of the storylines here, just because it's not just one note. It's not just, you know, this is happening and they're both being affected by this one thing. It's like these two, two plus elements of this whole stratagem, if you will, are occurring. And they're both really on raw ends of this deal. So I really do like that. Um, and I'll just fact check you really early here in this podcast, Kevin. Uh, 1985 was the first appearance of the Suntar, and they've been used a couple different times. And, you know, spoiler alert, we'll talk about this later. This is not the last we're going to see of them. So really fun group of characters here. Really, just really love the whole vibes of, of all of them. And, I, you know, this is a very specific shout out to someone who I don't even think listens to this podcast. But all the Suntarans are giving so much Brecca energy. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just... It's, it's insane how much of, a, of him I can see that. And, you know, if you're not playing D&D with us in the Post Recaps Patreon Discord, guess what? You could be doing that. Look at that early plug right there, Kevin. Are you <laughs> proud of me promoting the promoting the system here? I absolutely love promoting the system <laughs> here. Uh, definitely do that. Um, I'm going to text him later now after this because I'm pretty sure they watch Doctor Who, he and his wife. I mean, I feel like we've talked about it many a time. Yeah, they're so. very into the British TV, yeah. right? So that would, make, that would make sense. Yeah, if anyone doesn't know uh, the great Sheldon, who has appeared on, like, PSR RPG related podcasts previously uh, plays a deep gnome named Brecca who has a bit of a death wish, uh, glory and death and all that mm -hmm. great stuff. And uh, he's a truly delightful character that we all adore. So yeah, this is fun. I, I get the vibe. It's very fun. Yes, notably less sexist than the Centaurus. So, True, so, that yes. was a really yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Want to make sure that that point. is clear. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. Point. and uh, Brecca is adorable and does not look like a baked potato. Yeah, yep. No, did these, okay, do these look like baked potatoes? Uh, am I baking my potatoes incorrectly? <laughs> is that like what, what are you guys doing to your potatoes? Just that they're coming out looking like Centaurus. I, I mean, guess they do kind of like ish. the outside. Yeah, yeah I can see it. The, the kind of like brown skin looking and, and, and like the roundness of it. I mean, it's a very specific type of like a russet potato, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. I don't think it's your, like your typical potatoes. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, I think a little bit, it's not okay. something that like makes me think too much potato. I'm mostly looking at them. I'm just like, y'all look so weird. They very do. top heavy. You look very top heavy. <laughs> and they're like shorty little dudes. Mm -hmm. Oh, be careful, Melissa. Careful. I be know. careful with the shorty comments there. We, we got some feedback about the oh, shorty. Oh, don't worry. That's I'm a... team shorty. They know. it's Yeah. Yeah. Shorty but fasty. That is, uh, that's Melissa over there. She makes yeah. good use of the legs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sprinting down the field to catch those frisbees. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take a short break, and then we're going to get into the full episode breakdown. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, and we're back, and I believe this episode kicks off uh, at the Radigan Institute, and I have to say before we get into it, Radigan, oh Radigan, the greatest criminal mind, <laughs> that's what I thought of immediately. Uh, yeah, the basically, great mouse detective was just all up in my brain mm-hmm. while I saw this, for sure. Uh, is this a reference too old for Adam? I feel like it might be. It might be. Do you know great mouse detective, Adam? No, of course I don't. I have no idea what this <laughs> Come is. Come on. The, okay. you know, the closest to like a mouse, this is like a book type situation? No. No, it's a, it's a Disney, Disney movie. movie. Uh, it's basically yeah. Sherlock, uh, mm-hmm. but it's the the bad guy is a rat named Radigan, and mm-hmm. it's great. Is the good guy also yeah, a rat? He's, he's no, a, it's a mouse. No, he's a mouse. He's, he's a, a great, great mouse, mouse detective. detective. Okay, well, I forgot the name of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> His name is Basil. Uh, but it's basically Sherlock Holmes and Watson. And like, when did this? Yeah. When did this come out? Uh, Probably eight, early eighties. Like, early nineteen eighty six. Okay, 86. so just a tight eleven years before I was born. You know, yeah. I, I, will... I mean, it was before I was born too, Adam. So there's yeah. not a lot. Of oh. I just watched a lot of Disney movies. I mean, okay. we did a full Disney rewatch a few years ago in the house, and it was really fantastic, start to finish. Had a really great time. I really, we really enjoyed the Great Mouse Detective. Um, should I, I watch this? That, I mean, it's an hour fourteen. This, I mean, yeah, this is, it's this just that so era short. <laughs> of like rescuers, rescuers mm-hmm. down under, Robin Hood, mm-hmm. Great Mouse Detective that are like just absolute gold, and they're not thought of as like the upper echelon of Disney movies, but they and especially because they don't have like the big musical stuff. Yeah. Although Robin Hood's got some good ones, um, but, but like song, just though. some really good Disney movies in that yeah. era. I will say I do love Robin Hood, and that was certainly before you know my type as well. So I, I, I've seen that movie. It's because I had it on VHS. I think I just didn't have this one on VHS. I, I think that was in, just the, in the nice little clamshell. Oh yeah, well yeah, I freaking love those. Things. Yeah, 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 more yeah, classic yeah. and bring those, those back. I don't know what you put them then. Not VHS. Mm, I don't. Place, th- yeah, I think those were probably pretty bad for the environment, all things considered. Oh, with the man, sheer amount of plastic. Yeah. Do you have any idea how much plastic there is in one of those things? Not yeah, only is so like the thing made of plastic, <laughs> and then it's also wrapped in plastic for some reason. Like not only is it made yeah. out of, there's another special little plastic blanket across there. So all right, I'll give this a watch. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah. Hour fourteen, not bad. Seven point one on IMDb. Yeah, completely unrelated, but re- whenever I think of rescuers, uh, I always think of pea soap, um, which is just a reference for like Alex if he listens and nobody else, because we had a really long conversation about this in the Discord once. I don't know if anyone else re- remembers this from the beginning of the rescuers movie, but I think of it all the time. Should I go watch I, this movie too? 
The Rescuers? Uh, Adam, probably. You should watch all those movies. Rescuers, they're pretty. They're pretty. Pretty. Down classic. Under is there's that, two. That, so there's, there's the two. Rescuers. Rescuers yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Which one? Rescuers Down Under is probably better, but I think both are worth watching. Yeah, you should watch them in order. Seventy-seven. Oh my right? goodness. They're so short though. The, the, the again, eleven years time. before I was born, mm-hmm. and yet I have still seen it. So you have no excuse. I I don't think that's how that works. I think you, you just, just said you've just seen eleven years since the great mouse detective and that's why you hadn't watched it and here's one that's 11 years before i was born and i have watched Listen, it just because i use you. a line of logic doesn't mean it's a valid line of logic Melissa. <laughs> just because i throw your logic back at you doesn't mean that that's- yeah if anything it just proves that i'm not making any sense which we already all knew that so okay this yeah. is also on disney plus hour 18 minutes they're uh, all a di- all yeah. the disney <laughs> listen i don't know Classic i don't know Oh my god! And like, yeah, they're all kids' movies of a, of a time when kids' movies were like, oh, kids will sit here for like sixty minutes max, uh, mm-hmm. from like credit to credit. So yeah. Oh my god, this we're uh, we're so far away. I yeah, saw this is what the people are here oh, for, guys. We took a break. We're gonna come back and do the episode, and instead, we're talking nope. about immediately the Great Mouse Detective, followed by more mouse-related adventures it's, with yeah, the rescuers. It's too yeah. much. It's too much. The movies are too long. I saw Guardians the other day. It's like three plus hours. I like. What are we doing here? I'm Can not, we just stop? I love Guardians. I'm not getting into this. We <laughs> have to stop with the three-hour movies, or put a break in there, like an hour Agreed. and a half. Give me yeah, a break. Intermission. Yeah. Like a good yeah. popcorn like intermission. intermission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like I need to go to the bathroom after an hour fifty. Like that's you know it's so long, especially because they give you the big sodas. Anyway, we should get back on topic here. Movies are too I, long. You know what's not I, too long? Singular episodes of Doctor Who. Bang. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Good transition. Okay, so we are at the Radigan Academy. Uh, they're dressed up like they're from Squid Games, and they kick a journalist out who says Atmos is dangerous, but Radigan won't listen. Uh, it's the atmospheric emission system in her car, and she's trying to disable it, but she can't. Uh, she asked the car to take her to unit headquarters. Uh, Radigan recommends termination for the freelance journalist to somebody that he's talking to who doesn't take orders from humans. Uh, the woman leaves a voicemail, an email that she's been investigating deaths related to the Atmos systems. The car drives her to her final destination, which is into a body of water. Yeah. Uh, also, Radigan, instantly obnoxious. They do a real good job making this kid just kind of like, oh, God, I don't like you. I don't know what it is, if it's your just face or attitude or the hands behind the back, but I don't like you. I mean, this kid has been the smartest person in any room he's ever been in, and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> because those per- people suck. Yeah. Is it his age, too? Is that the other thing that uh, that we don't like? No. I think, I think, it, I to think be honest with is... you, I think it could be though. Like I, for me at least, I don't know. I feel like the fact that he's so young is so annoying. It's true, teenagers. Little, am I right? twerp. Yeah. Adam, talk more about how you're annoyed by <laughs> someone younger than you. <laughs> I could keep going. Yeah, I could keep going. I have a lot of material all saved up. <laughs> I just think, like every now and then, like people in life need to just like, I don't know, fail at something, like lose at something, get you know get punched in the face once like i don't know you just need to like not be on top in every single situation you're ever in no one's ever said no to you right yeah exactly right i'm with you for the fail part i don't know about the punch part i feel like i feel like not everyone maybe needs to get punched in the face um i mean not in the face but like i don't know if you have been wrestled to the ground by a sibling like this is why siblings are so important Mm because like wow and I'm an older sibling, too, and I still let my brother beat me up because I was a good older sister who wasn't trying to, you know, 
beat mm. up my little brother. Anyway, this is a side tangent. We're going to go back to the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Donna is driving the TARDIS when the phone rings. The doctor answers, and it's Martha telling him he, she's bringing him back to Earth. The TARDIS lands. Martha's there waiting. The doctor asks uh, about her and her family, and Martha sees Donna and comments that it doesn't take him long to replace her. Donna tells Martha that the doctor talks about her all the time, nice things, and notices that Martha is engaged. Uh, it's to Tom Milligan in pediatrics, a do- doctor who disappears off to distant places. And Donna comments that the doctor is too skinny. Uh, Martha speaks into an uh, into a walkie-talkie that says, Operation Blue Skies is a go. I do love that skinny comment. I even wrote it down where it's just like, he's too skinny for words. Give him a hug and you get a paper cut. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> yeah, I did love this, like back and all of the back and forth between martha and donna is so great it's truly like anytime we get to see the companions interact it's really awesome but yeah just like the the contrast here of martha who was so kind of into the doctor versus donna's like constant putting him down it's yeah. just very fun it was very entertaining and it's like the good parts that we liked i think about uh school reunion when sarah jane was there and once her and uh, Rose were kind of interacting in the positive, that's where we got immediately here. And we kind of kept that. And I love that. We didn't get a lot of the, the jealousy stuff, which is what I really, I think, enjoyed um, of this interaction with these two companions. Well, and we've, we've already seen so much growth from Martha, even from the last time she was here to the first moment she interacts with the doctor in, in this episode. And so I think like, you know, obviously some time has passed and there's a lot of different ways to show that, especially on this show <laughs> filled with Tommy Wimey shenanigans all over the place. And I think that like showing Martha's, you know, growth and maturity here um, is, is really effective and honestly makes her such a more you know, likable character. I already liked her before, but I think that like universally, at least this episode, I think it would be hard to come down hard on Martha, especially right at the beginning here. Yep. Uh, So there's military personnel moving around the Atmos Center, searching for illegal aliens. Donna asks the doctor if he turned Martha into a soldier. The aliens comment that these are toy soldiers uh, and (laughs) make all sorts of quips about their like uh, weaknesses and vulnerability. Martha is now a proper doctor, and the team is establishing a field base on site, and she introduces the doctor to Colonel Mace, uh, that the doctor used to work for them back in the 70s and never resigned. I assumed this was like a callback to old who? Yeah, I believe, and Adam, you can again check this here, but uh, the unit is something from a previous Doctor Who series. He is very much associated with them. There's another bit about Unit and him that I think comes along later that's very amusing. But uh, yeah, Adam. Yeah. So uh, interestingly enough, Unit uh, used to be called the United Nations Intelligence Task Force. And then after kind of it got changed for some weird Doctor Who political reasons, like in-universe political reasons, not like outside. Real not, not like the UN was like, hey. Yeah. Uh, How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it got obviously Unified Intelligence Task Force. And yes, uh, the, the, this person was there before. I have not seen those episodes, though, I, so I can't necessarily speak to them or any difference in the character there. Um, but this is a somewhat pre-established character. Um, I, that being said, I don't know that like it hurts your viewing experience to not know that or understand that, yeah. at least for this specific character. Agreed. No, I just sort of assumed it was true and kept yeah. watching. So, yeah. Um, Martha says that they have funding for homeworld security. Donna compares it to Guantanamo Bay and asks for a salute from the colonel, which was a funny moment, at least. Yes. 
because he saluted yeah. the doctor. Where's yeah. her salute? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the colonel explains that yesterday, 52 people died simultaneously across the world in identical circumstances, all poisoned inside their cars, all fitted with Atmos. The Atmos system reduces CO2 emissions to zero, uh, and they are at the main Atmos distribution center, and so they think that Atmos is alien tech. They couldn't find anything within the system itself, so Martha brought in the expert, the doctor. Reducing emissions to zero, pretty cool. I mean, that is a positive, right? Like, if only. I do love the idea of just, oh, hey, there's this cool technology that really benefits mankind. Something must be wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> Something yeah, yeah. No way humans came up with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, not wrong. I mean, there's a comment, right? Like, the doctor... Uh, doesn't like the general being near him because he has a gun. I believe that happens at one point he mentions. Mm -hmm. And there is something to be said. As I was watching this episode, it occurred to me where it's just like, you guys have access and have seen and have dealt with alien technology for a long time. And yet you couldn't put any resources or thought into using that to develop a non-lethal, non-dangerous way of apprehending or stopping people instead you just keep carrying around the guns and it's just there's something to that right like here here is this like a, a amazing technology that could that could benefit people and it's immediate suspicion it's like humans would never actually make something good and it's like not wrong well and one of the other connections we have to some of these maybe alien or or better weapons is the torchwood of it all right mm -hmm. like we've we've had some experience there um and then i also think like you know, if they were to do something other than guns, then we couldn't get the doctor saying that, generally speaking, anyone with a gun is probably on the bad side or evil. Um, you know, and uh, I'm not mad that the doctor is making comments like that in the year 2008. And I don't know, maybe more people should listen. Maybe people should have listened. I agree. Maybe. Here we are, 2023. And uh, let's just say things aren't good, guys. Yeah. Um so this, I guess, was a bit of a source of confusion for me in the Guns. like. So they're they're bad and <laughs> generally speaking, Melissa. Yeah. When... Generally yeah. speaking, uh... <laughs> I saluted. No one could see that. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Um, no, so the difference between Torchwood and Unit, they seem like similar vibes. So it sort of feels like we already have this. What's the what's the overlap? or distinction here between these two kind of preparing for alien. I think kind one of is like programs. the, one is like the sanctioned military style group, which is unit. And the other is your more task force underground stuff. Like even I think at one point it obviously had government funding and like, there's still stuff like that, but it's like almost, Oh my God, I can't believe I make this. It's almost like the suicide squad is what like Torchwood is where it's like, on the down low it's funded it does dirty work but like still associate with the government and like unit is you're much more above ground like i don't know the justice league but they're more uh, accepted you know so yeah that's what i think the, the big distinction here between the two organizations are and i think unit does more than just like alien stuff like they're i think they're more just like a not you know traditional government spy information type situation than than like let's build some alien lasers and blow spaceships out of the air okay sounds good um donna asks why aliens would be so keen on cleaning up the atmosphere and suggests maybe they want to help get rid of pollution the doctor says that there are 800 million cars on earth 800 million weapons you can control 
Soldiers in the Atmos building are searching and they find two people who say the building is out of bounds. Uh, the soldiers enter and find this large metal box with steam coming out of it. There's banging inside and one soldier opens it, revealing this bubbly green liquid. A creepy figure emerges with a cord on its back. It falls back in and the soldier says it's growing a new body. Uh, this armored figure walks forward and addresses them. The soldiers make short jokes. And since weapon words are the weapon of women folk, uh, the soldier is judged unfit. And both soldiers are taken down as they are needed for the stratagem to serve a greater cause. The being introduces themselves as General Stahl of the 10th Centaurum battle fleet known as Stahl the Undefeated. How do you feel about that line? I mean... I okay. <laughs> it was clearly meant to be an insult. Mm -hmm. So on that part, I want to take this baked potato and throw it at a wall. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know what? Like not being the one walking around with the gun, okay, I'll take it. Like I mm. I don't know. So there's a part of me that is like uh maybe he's not wrong uh maybe you know there'd be a lot less war if we uh you know relied more on words i mean yeah <laughs> uh yeah i it's it's also clearly like the the Santarn are, are obviously meant to be like over militaristic over like testosterone laden in a way right like there's this like hyper masculinity to them and that line i think is meant to be an insult but it's coming from clearly a writer's and the creator's place of being like yeah but that that is a stupid thing to say like i think they're purposely doing it right putting it into the mouth of what is a the bad guy and like mm -hmm. it's clearly like just a a, a a parody in a way um so like i think it works in that context uh i also want to say by the way you skipped over you just skip over but you glossed over it you mentioned it's creepy guys that gooey half-formed human mm -hmm. thing might be one of the creepiest things i think we've seen on this show not like scariest but certainly creepiest like imagining that thing like lurching down a hallway at me i'm just like Ugh. it looked very like the west world uh milk robots right mm -hmm. except it was like green goo yeah yeah, I think it was the color that really, like, accentuated that for me, at least. Because, you know, if that was just, like, a even if, like, that was a black or, like, a tar-type situation, I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, we've seen this. It was, like, weird, spooky, yeah. phosphorescent green. Like, it was really, I don't know, it was kind of gross. Um, little trivia time. So, this was 2008. 800 million cars uh, on Earth. What do, you, uh, what do you think the number of cars on Earth are right now, today? I think this is as of 2022 when I Google it, but 1.3 billion. 1.3 billion from Kevin Melissa. Uh, yeah, I was thinking like 1.2, um, but that's no fun, so I'll go 1.4. It is 1.446 billion wow. cars. Wow, it's that's a lot of cars. <laughs> you know, I I wrote I wrote down just in case we we got into this, like we talked about the guns of it all, but also too many cars, and especially I like on that number. Most of them are probably in America. Like, we have a problem. And I, that's another thing that I think, uh, as a country, I mean, secondarily, you need to deal with. The other one first, please. Uh, but, like, the car lobby and the auto industry is such a big problem here. Like, we don't have good public transit. We don't have, like, mm. a good means of getting across the country through railways or anything like that because of, you know, corporate lobbying, capitalist BS. 
And it's just, it's awful. There's just nonstop traffic, more roadways are being built. And it's all just for the service of like cars and money. Um, my wife we also subsidize car ownership a lot uh, in North America. And um, yeah, if anyone, it's a very, very large book that I've certainly not read all of, but the high cost of free parking, basically how much um, like car ownership is subsidized through tax dollars and things like free parking and road space and um, storage for vehicles and all sorts of stuff. And basically like how much more you can transport people via bus or SkyTrain or whatever. And um, yeah, I say this as someone who like absolutely loves driving in a car and like experiencing that, but I um, live in the city and haven't owned a car in like five years. And it is um, not always fun, but it is uh, something that I can do because I have the luxury of like living in a city that offers me decent public transit. Yep. And like so, the New York train system is pretty expansive. Uh, it, it, it And that's the benefit is expansive. Needs a severe update. The actual railways are nuts. Um, so like it's even in, in cities where there is some sort of public transit, there's still never enough funding because the funding doesn't go there, especially in this city. There's so many cars here. There's so many cars. I mean, we only have like a really terrible bus system where I live. So I don't, I mean, really the public transportation here is not even a, a viable. Uh, just to follow up on some of these numbers, uh, total car ownership for the U.S., just under 300 million as of 2021, which is uh, a, a lot, All you know, all things considered there. Uh, do you want to guess how much it is in Canada, Melissa? Do you have any idea? If the U.S. is 300 million, does that help you give any context? Oh, what is our population ratio of yours? Isn't it like an eighth of your population or something? Oh, it's like a lot less of us than there are. It's like it's you have to uh, add 32 and then divide it by like five nines or something. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, 26 million cars in Canada. Uh, So much better. Okay, so that's uh, yeah. So that's about about a tenth. That's what I was thinking. So yeah. So we're not like. I don't, we're not like better in terms of like cars per population. Right. Than you. We're, we just have fewer yeah. people. You also only have a, a, a limited number of space, despite having like a lot of landmass. Nobody lives that far north. No, that, it gets no. too cold. No, no. One, no, I mean, people do, uh, you know. A lot of cars in North America is the gist of mm-hmm. uh, just what we're saying here. Way more than there were in 2008 uh, by a lot. Yep. Um, although it was interesting because like, um, Car ownership is like certainly a factor, obviously, but um, there's a lot of factors that go into like destroying the environment beyond car ownership. So yeah, you know, you know what help reducing uh, pollution down to or, you know emissions, carbon emissions down to zero. Yep. <laughs> uh, where even am I in my notes at this point? As we get so completely off topic. Uh, yeah. So the doctor is saying about how the Atmos system it works uh, that it's not actually alien it's just decades ahead of its time uh the doctor gets heated with the colonel and tells martha the people with guns are usually the enemy in his books but she seems quite at home martha says the doctor can just come and go but some of them have to stay behind and she's working from the inside to make them better donna went to the personnel with the empty file with no sick days despite there being hundreds of employees she tells them they've been investigating the building but should have been investigating the workers and she calls herself super temp i loved this whole bit of donna being like 100%. i've worked in so many offices i know exactly where to go <laughs> yeah yeah it's like what is this amazon warehouse nobody's <laughs> i think i've taken like one sick day in the past three years so i don't know that i would be like an amazing <laughs> candidate for this but so that was i will say like one of the wildest things with lockdown and really just shows you like again like 
how these things work. But like, yeah, in the two years I was, uh, we were in quarantine, not sick once, right? Like I, I wasn't. And the second I left quarantine, like yeah. within like a week and a half, sick for the first time in forever. Um, so yeah, it just, it, we're, we're not, yeah, it, staying inside can really, really help, I guess. I don't know that we need to give Kevin more reasons to be an indoor boy, but mm, yeah. That was a good one, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can still go outside, just, you know, not with other people. Not, and not around people, which honestly, I'd be okay with. Yeah, that's it's, the ideal scenario anytime you go outside, regardless yeah. of, of, of any pandemic 100%. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Colonel explains the Avos technology came from Radigan, a child genius who now runs the Radigan Academy, which is a private school for other geniuses. The doctor says that he wouldn't mind going to a school for geniuses, that he gets lonely. Uh, Donna asks Martha if she should warn her mom about the Atmos in the car. Martha says, better safe than sorry, and asks Donna if her family knows where she is. Donna says no and admits that she left them behind. Martha says she didn't tell her family and it almost destroyed them, that they ended up imprisoned and tortured, that it wasn't the doctor's fault, but Donna needs to be careful. The doctor is wonderful and brilliant, but like fire, stand too close and people get burned. Not in wrong. those words, we'll certainly not come back to haunt Donna by the end of the episode. Mm-mm. Nope. No way. Uh-uh. Uh, General Slod says the conditioning is complete and tells the soldiers to advance the conquest that the stratagem advances the last days of planet Earth. Uh, the doctor doesn't want the colonel to go with him to see Radigan and ask for a jeep, but the colonel notes that according to records, he travels by TARDIS. The doctor says it's good to keep the super-duper time machine away from the front lines, and the colonel remarks that he does have weapons, but he chooses to keep them hidden. Honestly, great yeah. burn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the doctor doesn't give orders, but he does say no salutes. And this whole like exchange with them where the colonel's like, no, 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 sounds like an order to me. Like whatever. Yeah. That was all very funny. Honestly, the, the, the colonel, like at first being just like, oh man, you're the doctor. And then like within moments, just being like, you know what? I'm going to be snippy to this asshole. Like you, you're like just turning full sassy. I was like, yes, yes, this is, this is great. It's great. Uh, the doctor goes to bring Donna and says, fresh air at geniuses. What more can you ask for? <laughs> So apparently the opposite of what Kevin and Adam want when they go outside. They just Correct. want fresh air without the geniuses. No yeah. geniuses, please. I would rather not have any geniuses. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, but Donna says that she's going home. The doctor says that he had so many places he wanted to take her and thanks her. Says Donna saved his life in so many ways. And then realizes that she's just popping home for a visit. And Donna calls him a great big outer space dunce. <laughs> I love, love how it. Donna, yeah, just lets him go. Just like realizes, oh, he doesn't get it, and just like, no, I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him go. I'm gonna let him see, like, see how long this takes, and it's fantastic. On the flip side, can you imagine if Donna just left? Like, yeah, <laughs> like if this is a, just middle of an episode, just Catherine Tate's gone, <laughs> off, never to return. I mean, to be fair, I knew she comes back later in the season, but I didn't know if like she. Like I didn't know if this was a thing that oh, like she by the end out for a while. that like by the end of the episode maybe she comes back but that if this was like so I I was fooled just like the doctor was to be honest Amazing. I was like oh is she <laughs> going home and then is gonna decide never mind I like now that I've checked on them and like reassured them like now I can go I didn't know what she was doing so uh, Martha talks to one of the workers she listens to his heart and is beating really quickly the man tells Martha that he works 24 hours a day. Uh, she asks about hypnosis, and the soldiers take Donna to see Colonel Mace and asks if she has security clearance level one. Uh, yeah, sure. Don <laughs> yeah. Donna gets dropped off and walks through her neighborhood. She remembers what she's seen the last few days. Then she sees her granddad and runs over to hug him. Yes. The, sol 
Yeah. This is love, very cute. Love Wilfred. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. He's like waving at her as she was like running towards him repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, the soldiers take Martha to the green pool and won't let her leave. Donna and her granddad talk about aliens. Donna says the little blue box is bigger on the inside, and her granddad asks if Donna is safe with the doctor. Donna says he's amazing and she trusts him. Her granddad warns her not to tell her mother, but Donna thinks it's unfair and tells her mother that she's been traveling. Uh, this whole bit of like her mom coming in too and the, like quick talk, whatever, was all very funny. I like didn't write down more of it, but it was, it was great. It's such an interesting balance, especially with Donna's family. If you compare like the various families, right? Like they feel really like almost in the middle of where like a Jackie Tyler is on one end and then like, you know, Martha's family is on the other. Like they feel like in the middle. They're not as like ridiculous and like, um, you know, self-centered or whatever as like Jackie can be. But it has that like snippiness that, that sometimes Jackie has, which I really enjoy because I sort of relate to that. Like that's closer to my family is like how Donna's parents are. So it feels very like at home in their interactions, which I think is really sweet and like gives them more like life to them, honestly. Well, and then, you know, she's got the sh uh, snippiness of Jackie, but also I love the supportiveness of, mm -hmm. of granddad of Wilfred. Mm -hmm. I like a, just such a really heartwarming character every time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the doctor asks why they have Atmos in the Jeeps. They say it's standard in all government vehicles. The doctor talks to Radigan and marvels at the science and comments that the technology would allow them to move to another planet. Radigan says, if only that were possible. And the doctor repeats, if only that were possible and like puts the different emphasis on the sentence. It's uh, great. Like, yeah. the, like the correction of grammar when he was just like, yeah, if only that was possible. He's like, only if that were possible. And I forgot the exact reason why it's, it's different, but like specifically the look that Radigan gives him, like how his face sours. Uh, it reminded me a lot too of like a moment in the Scott Pilgrim versus the world movie where I believe uh, it was, uh, it was, the ex-boyfriend Todd played by uh, Brandon Routh, but he like, he gets corrected as grammar and he just like gets angry. It's just like, don't you speak to me about grammar. And like, it's just had that like same energy. And I just loved it. Yeah. Uh, the doctor comments that Radigan is a responsible 18 year old, but notes that the Atmos system could mean more people driving. So they run out of oil faster and make the whole system, the whole thing worse. Radigan gets annoyed at the tautology of atmospheric system system, and the doctor remarks that it's been a long time since anyone said no to him, that it's not easy being clever, that he looks at the world and connects random things, why can't anyone else see it, that the rest of the world is so slow, and he's on his own. The doctor says Radigan couldn't have invented the technology, that it's all, like finding a phone in the Middle Ages, and moves over to a large thing in the front room, and says people don't question things, but to him, it looks like a teleport pod. <laughs> The doctor appears as an intruder with the Centauran. He teleports back, followed by one of them, and reveals that he knows what aliens they are and says they're worth keeping him alive to find out how he knows. One of the soldiers points a gun, but the doctor says it's not going to work because of the copper excitation to stop bullets. The doctor says it isn't typical Centauran behavior, hiding, using teenagers, stopping bullets. A Centauran should face bullets with dignity. The Centauran says the doctor dishonors him and removes his helmet, introduces himself as General Stahl, uh, the doctor says Stahl the Undefeated isn't a very good nickname because what happens if he does get defeated? Stahl the not-quite-so-undefeated anymore, but never mind. The soldier comments that he looks like a talking baked potato, and the doctor explains the Centaurans are a clone race of the best soldiers in the galaxy with only one weakness, but it's a good weakness, a probing vent in the back, meaning they always have to face their enemies in battle. General Stahl says they stare into the face of death. The doctor ricochets a ball into the back vent, and he and the soldier run away. 
I love this entire sequence. Yeah. So much. Like this is, I feel like it's, it happened every now and then, you know, uh, early on when Tenet first, first showed up and when he had moments similar to this, that like, I was excited. Cause I was like, yeah, this is, this is like the Tenet I remembered. But like since season four started, like really since like the, the Christmas special, there's just so much in here that is the Tenet I know. And this exchange is quintessential 10th doctor. And I love it. It's just like how he talks and how he like says things and like how smug he is about stuff right like it's just really really great he's clever and like just a bit of a dick about it and like that's like the energy i love that he brings to this to this version of the doctor and like you see it so well and then he does something seemingly insane like pick up you know the tennis racket and ball and then at the same time is able to use it to bounce the thing off hit the the vet and get the hell out of there there's just a lot of fun with his cleverness and i i enjoyed that also we know he's very good at this sort of stuff as he's done it before. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, I mean this is this, this is what I was going to talk about Kevin. It is the family blood uh you know callback here. I guess you could call it a callback. Uh you know, I don't know how many times I need to see like a trick shot done here to to, to some extent like I don't know. I was I was all in on this scene. I thought it was really really fun, really good. It was really engaging. Um, and I love like kind of a lore dump as well of like the doctor explaining what's going on, not only to us, but like to the other people in the room as well. Um, so I did really enjoy that until we brought out the tennis racket. <laughs> <laughs> like we are using the sonic, the sonic screwdriver to like supposedly stop the, the teleportation machine or whatever. And the weakness of this thing is in its neck. Okay. Those are our base set of facts. Naturally. The way that we combat this is via tennis racket and ball out of like out yes. of nowhere. Like how do I'm, I mean how how well? I thought it was actually yeah. kind of great. I also thought great. so too. Why? Yeah. I, I maybe it's because I don't want the doctor to also be super athletic and like capable <laughs> in that sense. Maybe that's my problem. I need that's, the doctor to be a nerd. I need myself is, to be that is being a nerd. That's geometry. <laughs> No, 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 Kevin. It might be, the pool is geometry. Playing tennis, there's, I mean, they're, you know, you're. Well, that's more racquetball, actually, than it is tennis, because he was bouncing it off the wall to, you know, ricochet back. Okay. Do you play racquetball, Kevin? No. No. Do you, do you, see, this is what I'm saying, Kevin. We need people that represent us on this show. We don't need people (laughs) who are, you know, expert racquetball players, uh, you know, out there slinging balls all over the place and and hitting perfectly in the net. That's, I, I don't know. It was like the one thing that took took me out of it a little bit. I was like, okay. But and then like, also he's he's fine basically. It's entirely like angular calculation, right? Yeah. Like it's not actually it's it's more science than agreed. Yeah. Than sports. Yeah, but like the execution. I mean, sports and science are actually like not terribly different when you know if if you like really think about it, it's just the execution. It's the athletic ability to execute on the science that is inside of your head and native to the game. Okay, and now like you're the fact hurting. that he's perfectly able to execute on that, Kevin. I mean, I don't listen. I I agree with something like this, where it's like bouncing a thing at the right angle to hit another thing is more science than 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 like the athleticism and stuff. Uh-huh. But now what you're describing, you're skirting into like Disney's Ice Princess territory, where it's like the math nerd is just like 
The correct angles and formulas will make me an expert ice skater and somehow does. That's another Disney movie I need to watch. No, don't watch that one. What are we talking about here? Disney's Ice Princess? I've I've never even heard of whatever this is. That was the angriest I got in the movie theater when I saw the trailer for that when I was very young. Because I was just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever (laughs) heard. Joan Cusack in it? Yeah. Wait, and, and Kim Cattrall? Oh my God! Michelle Trattenberg is the main. The, what are we skater. doing yeah, it's, here? It's oh, this is an good. hour thirty-eight though. That's tough. Yeah, because it's a live action. <laughs> yeah, that is tough. Two thousand five movie. Do not watch that movie. Yeah, I think you can skip that one. But yeah, like hitting a single ball one time is maybe different than yeah, like an entire ice cream. Yeah. it felt. Um, bit, I don't know. It felt a bit much. <laughs> Okay. Most are you good at like tennis slash racquetball? Like is no, that, no. But no, she is but sporty. We know this. Well, I know that's why I'm saying like I don't know like what sports translate to what because like but I I'm also used like to not play tennis, the but same I could type not play. of scientist that the doctor all, no, is. No, no, no. Right? We, I, like, we discussed this on I don't remember what podcast it was, but all scientists are all scientists. They're just wait, what? You know all science. <laughs> no, no, I don't. All of science is known <laughs> it, by all scientists. What? No, scientists get. No, 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 no. Incredibly stupidly niche to the point that I refer to like other types of neuroscience. And I'm like, that's actually really outside my areas of expertise. I don't actually know anything. (laughs) Like, no. I don't know. It's the opposite. Um, anyway, General Stahl says a centaur and would rather be court martialed (laughs) than show pain and goes to return. But the teleport is broken. Stahl calls it primitive sonic trickery. Uh and he gets back. He announces to the others that their presence is known. They must go to the war footing. Radigan asks how they tell each other apart. But the centaurs say Racist. they say the same about humans. <laughs> Radigan tells them that 400 million cars of the Atmos system and the test proved that the conversion worked. 52 deaths in the same second is just so cool. And the centaurs asks what, if the temperature is significant. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it was so funny because it was one of those where like, it took me a second to be like, Yep. Okay, I get why they asked mm-hmm. that. Like at first, I was like, "Wait, what? What? The temperature inside the car? Like, what? Do you yeah. I was like, oh, because he said oh, it was cool. It was I cool. get it. I get it. I I love that. There's like one of my favorite. I mean, many many favorite bits in Back to the Future. Uh, but you know, uh, Marty keeps saying like, you know, uh, this is heavy, and there's a point where he repeats it like three times, and Doc is just like, there's that again, heavy. Is something wrong with the gravitational pull in the Earth in the future? And I just think it's just a little bit of like silly humor that I'm just like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, so Martha is strapped down when a centaurum appears. Martha tells them they aren't the first alien she's met. She meets Commander Scorn, Scorn the Bloodbringer. He explains the soldiers have a hypnotic control, but for Martha, they need something more complex. Uh, A hand reaches out of the green liquid, and Scorn tells Martha, soon that will be you. She also points out that the female has a weak thorax. Uh, Yeah, that's coming. Don't worry. I definitely. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I wrote that down. Stahl says war can never come too soon and tells Radigan to take his last look at Earth. Radigan says it was never big enough for him. Radigan points out the Jeep that the doctor was in had Atmos installed. Radigan doesn't know his name, but Stahl reveals that there's an enemy of the Centaurum known as the Doctor, the Face Changer. The legend said he led the battle in the last Great Time War, the finest war in history, and they weren't allowed to be part of it. But now the last of the Time Lords will die at the hands of the Centaurum Empire in the ruins of his precious Earth. Uh, Scorn tells Martha that it is inadvisable to struggle, that the female has a weak thorax. Yeah. Yep. How's your uh, thorax? Is it, is yeah. it all right? 
it's it's fine. I was actually like, this is going to be embarrassing. I had a moment where I was like, wait, what is the, the thorax is like? I was thinking of like in the spine or in uh, your throat. No, it's not the throat. Right? The thorax is like where the the spine and like pelvis meet, right? Uh, no? Yeah. Am I crazy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like a thoracic spine section. So I guess that's just also, for, I don't know why I was having it's a like. It's like your butt, right? Like, are we? No. no. Uh, it's, in that, what, it's in that area, no? I, I, so, but, is this like, uh, where does so the butt begin conversation? The, the thor- the thor- sorry. So the thorax is like the whole, I believe it's the whole like kind of encasing of like like, because it's like the region where like your lungs and and heart and stuff are, right? You've got your cervical spine, your thoracic spine, your lumbar spine, and then your uh oh, it starts with an S, and I'm forgetting what the bottom one is. Uh, See, this is why I'm saying that all scientists. Is, he, know, honestly, you're like, proving him right yeah, right now. Yeah, this is. I mean, <laughs> I this mean, is nowhere I, near the brain, Melissa, and you're like saying big words. Okay, I but know. I had to study the nerves, and you have a lot of nerves. Like the spinal cord is, is very. This is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's all you know. It's all, it's all right. So it's like your stomach, your upper stomach. Is that what? No, we're it's like above that. So you've got your cervical spine. I'm like gesturing a lot. Which above your upper stomach, okay. but you've got Melissa's, your cervical spine, which is the top part. Yeah. Thoracic is like where like your lungs and heart are. Lumbar is your lower back, basically, uh, which is maybe closer to where your stomach is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's not. Oh my gosh, this is. Gonna but be where is the no. thorax relative to those three things? So the thorax, I think, is just that general that region section. of your yeah. body. This is why I this is why I don't a hundred percent know, and I feel like I should know, and I should have just looked it up so that I could pretend like I knew the whole time. Uh, the area of the body between the neck and the abdomen. Okay, this is kind All of right. what I was saying. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, basically, kind of like your rib cage ish. Uh, it contains vital organs, including the heart, lungs. Okay, I was saying all of this. I sort yeah. of knew what I was talking about. Uh, yeah, all yeah. scientists know all science. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> you, were, you, yeah. were, you were proven right there, for, and I was also subsequently proven right because you were proven right. So this is huge. He got you there. This well is done. like Atmos system. Okay. I sort of, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, if there's, a, if there's a way for me to be right and Adam to not be right, that is usually my no, preferred. Sometimes dream, we yeah. have to be, sometimes we both have to be right, Melissa. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or we could both be wrong and we could say that something else is the thorax. I'm down. No one's going to care, really. Yeah, no, I would rather be right, though. Okay, so you're right. (laughs) And then I'm also perfect. This is ideal. And then Kevin is the only one that's not proven right here. So this is this is fine. Yeah, I see uh, no issues. Was right about the tattoos, so that counts. Anyway, carrying oh, on. Doubling uh, down on the tattoos. Oh my god, Kevin. Oh man, do you know how many times I've thought about booking a tattoo? I know. Just for like... I know. <laughs> uh, so Scorn is completing the mental transfer as the clones need full memory access. We get this clone version of Martha emerging from the bath. Martha goes to sleep and keeps the memories alive. Memories they can use in battle. Um, this was this whole thing because there was a previous thing that we had in a Martha episode, right? Where they were talking about how like Martha was too smart for like whatever the thing was that they were doing. This has like been a bit of a running theme with Martha. I guess she is like a medical doctor. Uh, but they like, there's been a few different times where they've been like, ah, you are smarter than the average bear. We need to do something extra for you. Um, so yeah, this is not the first time this has happened for Martha, I think. Hey doctor, we got to go running. (laughs) We got to get out of here, doctor. (laughs) Do you get that reference, Adam? No. Oh. I, don't know why you, I don't know why you keep asking if I get these references, but like, it's okay. just going to be a no like every time, really. 
Well, let's carry on. <laughs> because We're I gonna... was fully prepared for you to be like, of course I do. It's Yogi Bear. Uh, but I saw the look on your face and I was like, wait a second. I don't I don't know that he does. Mm -hmm. It never even crossed my mind you wouldn't know who Yogi Bear was. Feels like, yeah, that one's like an icon. Uh, just Yeah. Um, hey, boo-boo. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, oh, my God. First appearance, 1958. Okay. That's interesting. There was a movie with Justin Timberlake a couple anyway, let's just let's just carry on. You big Justin Timberlake guy, Kevin? Yeah, of course. Okay. Wait, what okay. do you mean big Justin Timberlake guy? Like I mean I, I like uh like I don't know, I wouldn't call can, like, myself like mention a, fan. a movie that Justin Timberlake was in without it. No, being... but it was like the way he said it. Like there was like a you know excitement. It was, yeah, it was clear yeah. that there was like some energy there. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, by the way, uh sacral is the part of the spine below the lumbar. I knew it started with an S. Uh <laughs> And Just your tailbone. Make sure is, that one's in there. Yeah, your tailbone is your uh, coccyx. Coc yeah, coccyx. That, that I that I didn't know, but but uh, sacral was the word that I was forgetting, so I looked it up. Uh, so nobody can send in feedback about it uh, no, now. No one was, no one was sending in that feedback, Melissa. No <laughs> one was night. coming and being like, "Hey, you know what? That third piece of your spine is <laughs> <laughs> that you idiots you didn't call get right." <laughs> Doctor, <laughs> there was no way anyone was sending that in. And if you were, uh, like, really, you need to have a conversation with yourself about, like, what yeah, you're just sit, what you're look in the mirror, that. and just really think for a while. Yeah, look at all three of your spine parts and just, you know, start thinking. You keep saying three, there are five. I look at all five that. of your spine parts. Uh, okay, but why do we don't have five spine? Never mind. Okay, <laughs> cervical, thoracic, lumbar, sacral, coccyx. Is it coccyx or coccyx? I thought it was coccyx. I thought it was coccyx too, but I like I don't know. I don't know. See, it's one of those words that I read a lot. C O C C Y X. Like okay. Hermione. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, um, yeah. General Stahl has the location of the doctor's vehicle, says an ordinary death for such a remarkable en enemy, but orders them to proceed. The doctor instructs the soldier to disregard Atmos, but they can't. The jeep heads towards the river. The doctor yells at Atmos, confirming it is programmed to contradict his orders, so he orders it to drive into the river. Uh, the jeep stops, and the doctor and soldier dive out uh, for what is definitely not an explosion that Amazing follows. Amazing moment. Amazing moment. <laughs> yeah. And Stahl and Radigan are told that the doctor is dead. Meanwhile, Clone Martha is ready to advance the great Santarum cause. The doctor arrives at Donna's and tells her that she would not believe the day he is having. The doctor tries to get a vehicle without Atmos, and Donna's granddad comes out to meet him and realizes that they met previously on Christmas Eve. You! <laughs> this is cute. Donna calls Martha, and the doctor tells her to tell Colonel Mace that it's Santarum's, that they'll be in the file, but not to start shooting, that the unit will get massacred. Martha hangs up and tells the colonel there's nothing to report because she's a clone. While the doctor investigates the Atmos system, Donna's granddad tells the doctor that he's got to take care of Donna. The doctor says that Donna takes care of him. Granddad says that Donna has been bossing them around since she was tiny. Little, little general, they used to call her, and she used to turn up with a different boy every week. The doctor finds something with the Atmos system. Donna's mom comes out and recognizes the doctor, too, as you! the man from the wedding. <laughs> and the Atmos system starts emitting this gas. I love that Donna's family all know it. Yeah. <laughs> in context. It's so fun. And you're like, we knew that too, right? Like, it yep. wasn't something that I had put together before. Like, they had this moment here, but like, we have seen both of them interact mm -hmm. with the doctor. And I, that's just a really fun, uh, really fun bit of writing there. Yep. Uh, while the doctor investigates the Atmos system, Donna's grant, uh, I already did this. 
Uh, Stahl gets noticed that a conversion has been activated and realizes it must be the doctor that the battle will continue with glorious warfare and tells the centaur to move to the final phase for the subjugation of Earth for the glory of Santar. Uh, Radigan looks to be thoroughly enjoying all of this. Yep. Uh, Donna's mom asks what sort of doctor blows up cars. Donna realizes that they have poisonous gas in every car on Earth. Donna's granddad gets inside the car uh, for some reason, just as Stahl orders the cars to be deadlocked. He gets locked inside as the poisonous gas is released from all the cars. Clone Martha tells the hypnotized sol soldiers to get to work. The doctor realizes it's the whole world, 400 million weapons, as the Santar chant and pound their fists as Donna yells for the doctor's help. Along with Radigan, who joins them in their fist pounding and stomping. Because let me tell you, it always works out for uh, people of another group that join fascists. They never turn against you eventually. Not at all. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great cliffhanger of an ending, but yeah, his, her granddad gets in a car because like, once he says there's poisonous gas, his intent was to drive the car away to get it away from them, which I think is like, again, like shows the granddad being like trying to, you know, be brave and like do something and like, act. yeah, he says like, um, we need to get this car off yeah. the road. I, I, but I was still like, nah. yeah. no, yeah, this car is, this car is filled with going to be filled with poisonous gas. Okay. Let me go drive it. Let like, me get in. Uh, yeah. yeah, poor Wilfred Mott trapped in the car uh, in a dire situation. Uh, fun cliffhanger, very fun cliffhanger for this. Um, and overall, a very entertaining episode, I think, uh, which we kind of talked about. Um, I'm trying to think any quick continuity stuff. And uh, oh, yeah, there's a ton. Um, I mean, <laughs> Unit, the Santarin, uh, the Donna's family as a whole, honestly um there's a problem martha certainly uh as a companion of past and present and uh, um but yeah i i think there's those are the, the gist of it i'm trying to think if there's anything major major that needs to be called out but i would say definitely unit the Santarans and donna's family are the big big three yeah, I mean, I think the, the the other obvious one here is that this is the first of a two-parter. Two-parter, yes. Right? This, so this like, episode. You know, <laughs> we, we will be seeing more of this uh, as we go through the next episode, which is uh, exciting, because I do think this is a really strong start of a two-parter episode and ends, like I've been saying how many times now, in a very traditional Doctor Who two-parter spot of like, wow, everything is really not good here, and we have no idea how he's going to figure it out. Honestly, Oh, go ahead, Melissa. Oh, I was going to say, I also just really love this consistent theme that we see in this episode of like the people, the companions leave behind and how that is impacted. And like, we will certainly see that ongoing with future companions as well. Yeah, it's it's really, really a big theme uh, that, that travels through the series if you want to talk continuity. And certainly getting too close to the doctor and getting burned is another probably big one. Um, what I also really enjoy is that I think... A lot of times when we talked about two-parters and especially when we covered them together, we really felt the first part was like a, a little too slow. And I didn't really feel that here. And I don't know if it's because we just watched the one and, and like are taking a, a break between watching the other one. But this one flowed, I think, pretty well. Like there wasn't a part in here that felt like it dragged down to me. Like every beat felt like it was pushing something further. Every scene had something I kind of enjoyed with it. Um, certainly, I think part of that too is probably donna because like all her scenes are really strong a lot of times i think a, a problem with companions that we've seen is that if they're not with the doctor there's very little um for them to kind of like really do and latch you onto 
um, because so much of them, Martha and Rose, are tied to their relationship with the Doctor. So it really made this, I think, stand out as the first part of a two-parter in a way that I don't think we've like really, really have seen before. I think there's a couple other factors here as well. The first that really comes to mind for me, I think this is just a better story than what yeah. we've seen from a lot of the two-parters. <laughs> I just like straight up think that it's a more interesting plot, a more interesting story that we're being told with a wider variety of characters that kind of all come in and bring in, okay, there's this alien element, this human element, this environmental element, this political element, this military element, this like previous companion, current companion element. Like there's so much going on here. Periodic table. Yeah, uh, you know, all, all the science. Uh, <laughs> there's, there, you know, so many things that are coming into this, um, which I think is, like, really interesting. And then I also just will say, the other part of this, I think, is the, one of the reasons why we are viewing this much higher than the others is that we haven't watched the second part of the two-part. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, we're not coming into this fresh off the heels of the conclusion of the story. We are currently in the middle of it, which is the way it was intended to be viewed. It was the way that it was written and released. And so I think there is, like, something to that. You know, Kevin, you mentioned at the start, this is maybe a better way to cover two-parters because this is how it was supposed to be. It's not supposed to be consumed in one back-to-back -back viewing where you're, you know, talking about an hour and a half of TV as opposed to the 40 minutes that we got here. So... Um, I don't know. I think there's like a, a, a lot of different factors that go into why this is maybe one of the better, if not the best first part of the two parters that we've had so far in the series before. And I like, I really appreciate that. And I think that there's a lot of different reasons for that. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we did it this way, even if it was not for any of the reasons that we talked about, <laughs> but I think it's like a really good end result. Nobody knows that. Just, just let it be yeah. that that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get back into feedback because we did get feedback for this episode and we always encourage it, even as we're breaking up these two parters, please send this feedback in for the part that we're watching and we'll even if you send us to both, we'll cover the second part next time because um, we'd love to hear the feedback. Uh, Adam, what have we got? Yeah, we got some really amazing feedback this week. So again, please keep sending that in. We just love it so much. Uh, from Emily, a decent start for this two-parter. The Centaurans remind me of miniaturized Klingons. Martha and Donna have uh, fun bonding is. over their experiences with the Doctor. I'm always down for some Doctor negging. So are we. Uh, aliens taking over Earth is nothing new. But having an evil, evil Martha clone is quite scary. Looking forward to the conclusion next week. So are we. What's fun is that uh, this is the third identical Martha now in the series because she had yeah. that identical cousin, I guess, and now it's her, and now now there's a clone. <laughs> yeah, now we just have to clone the cousin, and then we'll, you know, there we see, go. see how many we can get. <laughs> get the Cybermen back in here. Uh, from Daniel, uh, Radigan is Roman Roy. I don't know if we have any uh, thoughts there, but I definitely see the comparison, at least in terms of, like, the vibe and the look of it, maybe more than, like, the actual function this is like, a, this is a succession reference a succession it's, you're okay. you yeah. probably don't succession do you Kevin? i don't succession okay i know uh, yeah i can't blame you for that but i i don't, I, I don't I like, see the vibe comparison at all like they sort of look alike but otherwise i think that they're so different like i uh roman is so funny and radigan is just like such a twerp he is a very much a twerp wow we might have different definitely you might have different ideas of what funny is uh i don't know if i think roman's funny he's kind of like a little twerpy rat but okay <laughs> Anyway, the Atmos system is disturbingly uh, prescient. It's like Doctor Who meets Black Mirror. 
love Martha and Donna's initial meeting. Uh, the, the paper cut line is really funny. Uh, Martha is a boss. Love that Donna is the voice of the common people, but with such boldness and sass. I love it when she lets him drone on and make a fool of himself. You dumbo. Uh, if only that were possible. Uh, conditional clause, he says. I don't know grammar That's very well. So there you go. Conditional um conditional clause i remember hating when we had to do conditional in french um the english teacher grammar nerd editor loves that okay there you go i didn't know that uh, he was an english teacher um uh you know uh, loves all of this that is the only line we've gotten uh, from the uh in truth to window is something go or, or what do you say is someone going to tell me what the hell is going on that line we got from the doctor is the only line that we've gotten from the uh, new doctor shooty so uh maybe we're uh channeling some martha oh, interesting to say um Gosh, I'm so excited for the new doctor. I can't even tell you. Um, and that's from Daniels. Uh, good stuff there, as always. From Taylor. Yay. So happy to see Martha again. You love to see the girlies getting along. Do we love to see the girlies getting along? I feel, yes. like, uh, yeah. I feel like we do. Yeah, yes. 100%. Yeah. Um, words are the weapons of women folk. And Taylor <laughs> says, come on over and say that to me, pal. <laughs> <laughs> the Santarans will come over and say that yeah, to you. We face our some, enemies. Santarans <laughs> might be in trouble if they're going over to say that to Taylor. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. Um, okay, I love Donna, but we need to spice up the hair and the fit in this episode. <laughs> um, I don't have, know if I have any thoughts about the fit or the hair of this episode. The fit could be better, I think. Could it? Okay. Yeah. We go back to the wedding dress, maybe? Yes. That the, okay. It's perma look. Like yeah. a cartoon character. It's all she wears every yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we commented on her hair in a previous episode, but I think I don't remember this one. Oud. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, I, I remember out. it being nicer in Oud. This felt a little more dated, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, well, work on that, Donna. Get back to us. Um, yeah, stop being in 2008. Yeah, yeah, quit it. Everyone should stop being in 2008. Um, the line, it was never big enough for me, Taylor says, that's what your ex said. Sorry, not sorry. I hate this kid. Um, <laughs> we love saying that. Yeah. Incredible. Yes, oh, my girl. goodness. Um, overall, a fun one. I think it's hilarious that these Suntaran are all about facing their enemies in battle and their choice of attack is gas, hypnosis, and cloning. <laughs> Feels uh, pretty cowardly sitting up there doing your weird, aggressive uh, fist to palm chant. Uh, the pacing of this episode felt a bit wild. We jumped a lot, but yeah, overall, a good time. I would even say hilarious right up until they effed with Granddad. No, thank you. She's correct. Nobody come at Wilford Mott. Yeah, no one come at him. Uh, David opens up by giving a spoiler for something that happens in the later time. I just want to well, acknowledge let's... that he said it. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we won't we won't actually say anything about it, but I acknowledge this, David. Um, he also says, I love seeing Donna and Martha interact. Seeing companions compare notes on the Doctor is always fun. And Martha being a pair when she was replaced by the clone had real tension to it for me since uh, she isn't regular cast anymore. I was worried she might not make it. That's a, actually a pretty interesting comment there. Um, very happy to see the return of Donna's grandfather and her mom, I guess. But Wilf is the best. Do we like? Do we like the nickname Wilf? It's what that's what he said too. Or is this like because his full name is Wilford and he says Wilf? Yeah, I think yeah. it's the Ilf that's really. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, like maybe that part of it is not something I'd like to associate with Wilf. Yeah, and it's not like it was. Is, is Wilfred a gilf? established? Yeah, boy, mm-hmm. Melissa, you did it. You did. You did it. You just, went there. Oh, I love saying the quiet part out loud. Just yeah. did it. Yeah, probably not too quiet with a gilf. Okay. Um, I just like. I mean, we already know that Kevin doesn't like daddy, so I definitely don't. What about granddaddy? Nope. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> 
Adam also God. not a fan of that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My only other note is to ask if y'all like this two-parter better than the Dogs of Manhattan one, since it was written by the same writer. Oh, redemption arc. Yeah. Look no at kidding. that. So much better. It's yeah. not even close, yeah. actually. Like not I, even really close. I do think we are missing a, a Tallulah style uh, exaggerated <laughs> accent, but you know that's okay. Uh, what about this Antarans is not exaggerated enough that's, for you, Kevin? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> they took us to Tallulah and they gave us Antarans. Fair trade. Um, that's, yeah, that's a tough deal. Uh, from Brenna, this guy is such a tech bro. I hate it. <laughs> uh, Martha, love the Martha Donna meeting. This is why we don't need the doctor to be romantically entangled with his companion. Okay, Brenna. Uh, also, this military state is terrifying. Why is Martha involved with this? I don't think uh, I'm feeling this one so far. The green group goo people make me think of Westworld. So uh, we got that before. Yeah. And then she says in all caps, boo, short jokes aren't funny. <laughs> they kind of uh, are. <laughs> dang, dang it. Uh, I mean, she says, add funny. shorties. We love the oh. add shorties. <laughs> wow. 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 Um, I'm not a shorty, Melissa. I can't really respond to this. But yeah, aren't you like a giant... I don't know yeah, about Adam a giant, is a giant. But, I mean, just like a regular, you know, six one guy. Like that's nope, you know, that's, that's tall. Yeah. Mm, I mean, it's maybe slightly above average, but nope. <laughs> it's like decently above average. Yeah. It's uh, it's I don't know about decently. Um, short jokes aren't funny. At shorties unite, Brenna says. So yeah. you guys can don't worry, unite. Brenna. Maybe if you like stand We've on been top united. of each other, We've been... then we can. There you go. Get, you know, get a full Adam. Get like a big trench coat, maybe. Something along those lines. Um, these yeah, Brenna, st- Taylor, and I will stack in a trench coat. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, I would be down to see that. That would be pretty funny. Um, what would the order be? What would, like, your desired I mean, order? I'm the tallest of the three of us, so I think I have to be on the bottom. So you're... Okay, so you're on the bottom. Yeah, and then I think Brenna's on the top. It, just if we're going, like, in reverse height. I don't know. Is that is that the most logical it, yeah, way to that, go? Is that how you got to do it? I, I guess so. so, for just, like... Yeah, to, to help yeah. carry, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, these workers are so creepy. How uh, how was no one ever noticed before Donna and her granddad, uh, you know, uh, before Donna about the sick day stuff? And her granddad, so sweet. Hard to believe the doctor was fooled uh, by the kid. Uh, and then, of course, we end in all caps. No, not granddad. Love people it. I very, love everyone's concerned here. People are really concerned about Martha, or about, uh, about granddad, about Wilf, about the... Wilf the Gilf. <laughs> no, okay, we can't do that. Uh, is that then, how we're wrapping this podcast? No, 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 yeah. I, have one, no I think no, it is. I think I, it is. No, 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 I have one more. I have one more, and this this one might not even still be true after all of the what we've said on this podcast today. But it's from Nicole, who says, "For what it's worth, I was in the middle of this week's Ted Lasso pod, which you should all go listen to. When the podcast dropped today, as much as I love Ted Lasso, you better believe the Doctor Who pod gets to cut to the front of the line." always Aww. and i really hope that that's still true after <laughs> yeah. this take that josh and antonio yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you guys have free kicks you, have free so, I guess. you know it's all it's all the same really yeah um, if you want your guilt fix, come on down to Hue. <laughs> oh no <laughs> Wow. And that's the feedback. Uh, please keep sending it in. Maybe don't send in any feedback about this podcast specifically. Maybe <laughs> just the episode. And then Disagree. Send in feedback we'll about our podcast yeah. as well. Send it directly to Kevin uh, and only to Kevin when it's specifically about the podcast. I will open zero links. Do not send me a link. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. You all know what you have to do now. You, you know yep. what you have to do. Yep. You don't even yep. have a choice anymore. 
All right. Well, that's going <laughs> to call it here for us this week on the Huey Podcast. Um, as mentioned, we are saving our ratings for next week where we will judge the entirety of the two-parter on the whole for Wibbly Wobbly and Timey Wimey and give those scores and get your scores as well. Keep sending them in. Um, you can send them separately and we'll, you know, average them out or you can send one at the end once both are done to see how you're feeling. Um, but yeah, so next week... Uh, season four, episode five, The Poison Sky. That's what we're covering next, and we will see you all then. All on Z. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.